Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled episode of A&B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I am Bill, and I'm already hearing the voices in my head. That is absolutely... Do you want to talk about that? No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually have a, a pretty decent amount to cover. And we this, is, this, is, um, this is going to be our first technically virtual one. Since, uh, he didn't want to see me today. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I didn't want to see his face, dude. It was it was it was too much last time. Bullshit. Um, but no, we we have um, essentially was it just thunderstorm warning and stuff like that. Yeah, as I'm looking outside, it's bright and sunny out. <laughs> well, behind your your condo, it's like all dark. I can't windy. see that way yet. Yeah, from my house, I can see all that way. It looks fun. Um, but yeah, we got some stuff to get through today. So, uh, Bill, any fun stuff from, uh, this day in sports history? Ah, yes. Today in sports history, which we failed already the past, uh, what's it called? A couple weeks on saying that we're going to start on Monday and it's now August 15th. Uh, let's see. Let's get down to business. We're going to do, Ooh, rugby. I haven't seen rugby on here yet. 1903, New Zealand's All Blacks play their first rugby test match against Australia's Wallabies at the Sydney Cricket Ground. New Zealand Ooh. wins 22 to 3, and then from there on out, destroys the entire universe, becoming <laughs> one of the greatest rugby teams. Um, 1905, Philadelphia A's future baseball Hall of Famer pitcher Rube Waddell no hits St. Louis Browns 2 to 0 in five innings. Old school names just hit differently. I, they really do. And we'll top it. Um, oh, here's a good one. In 1912, Yankee guys in sets the record by stealing home twice in one game. But stealing home twice? Yeah. Holy shit. I know. Good for him. That's actually impressive. It is. But um, otherwise, that's really all we're going to leave with the news today regarding today in sports history. On to the regular news. Uh, real quick, we're keeping an eye on the Philadelphia Union right now, who is currently in the League's Cup, and they're doing well. They're actually going to be playing against Miami tonight um, against Messi, and that is going to be some wild stuff. They are going to be playing – I don't know where. Actually, I don't know where. They don't they're where. they're playing in, in Philly, I'm pretty sure. Well, not actually, in Philly. But no, they know. are playing in Philly because yeah. Gabe, our previous uh, guy, bought tickets, and he's going. Well, fun fact, there was concerns that, uh, you know, the storm was going to affect the game. And everyone was like, God damn it, dude. Of I course. don't think it will. It, 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 it probably won't. I mean, to be yeah. honest, they're just kind of hyping this storm up. I don't really think it's going to be too much. Yeah. Nah, I get it. But, yeah, Gabe is going to that game. So if you see him, you won't recognize him because we don't have cameras, obviously. <laughs> Which but, we're um... fixing. Oh, God, when? Mm-hmm. When? Mm-hmm. Is it on right now? No, it's not. It's oh, thank not. God. It's not at all. I am not decent. No, I, I, I'll, I'll show you later, and this, this shall be, uh, you know what? I, you, you guys will find out eventually. But Bill, I'm I have, in my I jammies. Have, <laughs> there are, there are, there are plans brewing that. Uh, oh no, he didn't tell me about plans. I didn't but tell him about plans. He did not. Anyway, though, um, so they're playing actually in about 15 minutes. I'm hoping this is going to be a, the, probably the biggest matchup that's going to be for Philadelphia. This is uh, what's it called? Miami has been on a tear recently. They currently are with the league's cup is scoring at least 
four, three to four goals every game. So Philadelphia really needs to pick it up. But it should be a fun game to watch tonight. Otherwise, just quick news in the boxing world before I get into UFC, but we'll save that for later. Um, Anthony Joshua, one of the guys I was ranting about yesterday, did actually fight yes, um, last weekend. I had no idea. <laughs> and um, what's it called? One by knockout again in the O2 arena. Um, by, and he knocked out Robert Hellenus. So we'll see who he wants next. Apparently he wants Deontay Wilder. So that would be interesting to see. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, and then we actually have some really, really, really crazy news going on in, um, in the NFL. Um, I'll start with well, – we'll kind of go a little bit chronological order. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is signing with the, the Patriots on a one-year deal. Really? Uh, yeah, and can you guess who the Patriots face week one? The Cowboys? Nope. Yeah, us? No. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, baby. So his very first, uh, very first game is against a team that is just getting completely stronger on defense, and he's not getting any younger. So that's going to be terrifying for him. But I'm excited. I'm excited to play. Yeah, no, that's going to be something. And uh, also, Dalvin Cook has officially signed with the Jets, also on a one-year deal. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So the Jets get even more, uh, even more scary offensively. They're already a pretty good team. Now they have Rodgers, Garrett Wilson is becoming a superstar. They had Brees Hall, who's still like an absolute stud running back, who's uh, relatively young. Um, and this kind of begs the question for uh, a lot of fantasy owners um, of Brees Hall, <clears throat> who's on the Jets, and Ramon J. Stevenson, who's on the Patriots. They were expected to have extremely like good years, um, especially having like kind of like a full year. Um, under their belt, kind of getting used to it. We all saw the potential, and obviously the next year kind of pop-off is what we were all expecting, especially since um, Breeze Hall, he, he was coming off an injury, so, um, you know, expected him to kind of get back at it. And then Ramondre Stevenson um, had always had, like, a bunch of running backs around him just kind of siphoning carries, so we were expecting, you know, both of these guys to get, like, 20-plus touches a game. And uh, now both of these guys have uh, elite talent around them. That's that's gonna take into um, kind of their their touches and their carries. Um, Brees Hall probably more so than Ramondre Stevenson um, because Brees Hall necessarily he uh, he's gonna be sharing with Dalvin Cook, who definitely is a little bit more explosive nowadays than Ezekiel Elliott. Kind of see Zeke more as like the uh, the bulldozer, like get to the goal line and and let him just kind of run it right in. Yeah. Even though Ramondre Stevenson can do that for the Pats, I, I feel like, you know, Stevenson's going to be more like midfield once he gets to the goal line, give the Zeke. And then um, when it comes to the Jets with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, that's going to be a two-headed monster that, you know, uh, that it's going to be hard to, to stop them. But yeah, normally with these super teams, the NFL, they always <laughs> underperform. But have you watched any of uh at uh the Hard Knocks yet, Bill? I watched the first episode of the Jets Hard Knocks. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but I, it I liked uh, Robert um Sal's like his whole like speech, the whole um what there's I, I'll repeat it too for people that it's not word for word, but he he gives a story about how there's only one bird that has the absolute balls to fight an eagle and a uh, crow. It's a crow. 
And what a crow does is it keeps pecking at it. It like latches on and keeps pecking at its neck. And the eagle doesn't, you know, it doesn't really fight back. All it does is it soars extremely high until, you know, the crow can't really like breathe or even like, you know, it just kind of falls to the ground and die. And his whole you know, analogy was we like, there's all these crows coming at us. We just have to soar extremely high so that they kind of fall off and die. And I thought that was really, that was really cool. And that was like an immediately start to the episode. Yeah. It was a good way to start the episode, though. Kind of set the uh, tone, honestly. Yeah, and I'm excited to see uh, <clears throat> Zach Wilson's looking a lot more, you know, confident, especially getting two lose from Aaron Rodgers. So I'm curious to see, you know, what he learns and how he progresses, especially, like, preseason. That's really probably the only time we're going to see Zach Wilson until, like, Aaron Rodgers is done there. Yeah, very true. Um, also sticking more with like the running back stories, uh, JK Dobbins, um, he's activated off the pup list. Um, that's, that's extremely good news, especially he's, he's another, uh, young running back who has extreme talent. We've seen him like pop off in the league, but injuries keep holding him back. So we're hoping he stays fully healthy this, this week, uh, or not this week, this year. Um, but this week, the number one running back to go out of the draft he uh, he's expected to make his debut uh, against Cincinnati, so we're excited to see what he can bring because he was the he was picked, I believe it was eighth or ninth overall, um, but at, in the first round. So like that's a very high draft pick. And last week he was shown to be running back um, three on the depth chart, and all of mm-hmm. the, the whole internet went went crazy. But so Ertz, Zach Ertz, our boy Zach Ertz, he's cleared for full football activity, which good. I'm, I'm excited. You always want to see the, the good old Eagle getting um, getting back healthy and showing yeah, off. Yeah, back in action. Stud. Exactly. Um, but, well, speaking of Eagles and not a good news, Sean Bradley uh, suffered an Achilles tear during the preseason, uh, no. and uh, he is going to be out for the season. That's, um, that's a shame. I know he was also a young guy that we were all excited to see, and he was starting to come into his own. So, you know, speedy recovery. Hope he comes back next year strong as ever, but we're really going to miss him on that. Yeah, no, I agree. That is a very big shame. I hope he has a nice, easy recovery. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Graham, who, you know, he's, he's sort of the tail end of his career. He had the Achilles injury, came back, and had statistically the best year of his career. True, so, true. You Sometimes know? you can come back from that. Exactly. It just depends on how hard you grind, how hard your uh, your you know your mentality is. So, hope to see him back soon. Um, but continuing on that preseason game, though, that did you see any of it, Bill? Because the Eagles look scary. Watched, I watched the highlights of it. I didn't get the chance, excuse me, to watch the whole game, but I did enjoy like how they looked. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a real big fan, and the I mean, the only people I really wanted to see were just like you know the. Not even the full first quarter, but yeah, what I did see from them was J- Jalen Carter. He's he's going to be an absolute friggin' monster. Dude. I I think so as well. I think he's going to be very good. He almost had his uh his first not not like official sack, but like first play of the uh, first preseason game ever. He yeah. almost had a sack. It literally was the guy just got the ball off in time. So it, it's that's ah oh, dude. It's him on that D line is going to be so fun to watch. It um. Is. But and he's also been so they're they're doing joint camps um, with the Browns. Yeah, I was gonna say they were playing. Aren't, I was gonna ask if they were doing it still with the Browns. 
Yep, they're still doing it with the Browns. And uh dude, he's so there's a there was a two time um two time first team all American O line. And he Jalen Carter, the rookie, put that man on his ass and got two sacks too. So like he's been popping off and it, it, especially with you know the high talent that he's going against yeah. in this. Oh, it is gonna be a fun year. But it um is. Jumping on the off offensive side of the ball, though, uh, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny looked really good. They like, did. Like I'm, it. So Sanders, I think he, I, th- I forget if it was a three or four year deal um, that he got from the Panthers, but he was a he's like six million per year. All of our running backs combined is six million. So like the fact that Howie Roseman keeps swindling people and getting Swift and Penny, who are both in their own rights, like running back ones on any other team. Um, obviously, injury concerns brought them to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, if they can stay healthy. Yeah, it, I think as long as he can stay healthy, obviously goes back to the uh, what's it called for like not like trainer, but whoever, you know, the people that um, what are they called? Yeah, so, trainer? I um, mean, it, it would it would still be your trainer, but you have your, you know, your conditioning coach. Yeah, that's it. Thank conditioning you. Conditioning. Coach. Um, you also have people that help you necessarily, you know, recover and stuff like that. Um, and actually Rashad Penny came out and said that the Eagles like they're which is funny because for the, you know, before COVID, I believe we just had like three years in a row of like just injury prone like seasons. Um, but like he, he said that he, when he came to the Eagles, like, you know, organization, this is the best he's felt his whole career, which is crazy. He said that, and he, he credited like, you know, the, the whole organization and how they, they handle recovery and how they handle player health and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, dude, even if they both get like five to eight touches a game, like that's really all they need. And that's all we need them to do. So they're, they're going to be a tandem and like Kenny Gamewell. Apparently yeah. in, in camp he's he's looking like they the the team sees him as the the starting running back the RB one, and mm-hmm. that's that's with Swift and Penny. So this this backfield is going to be disgustingly good. That is very true. They are. Um, Blanket Chip get any time? I didn't say he uh he didn't play. He's he's a starter. He's like not officially named, but like he didn't play in the preseason. He, okay. he didn't dress with the start. Like the starters didn't really dress. I gotcha. Um, but but thank you for reminding me too. In the 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 camp, he's picked off Deshaun Watson today three times. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> three times that man has picked Deshaun Watson off. So two things. I, I think I think both can be true, but two things um, are a possibility. One, this man we we got an undrafted free agent stud who is yeah like. You're gonna be Watch, here for a while. Watching him last year, honestly, I was like, this guy's really good. And he like we need to take advantage of him when he would every game that he was in last year was fantastic. hundred percent. Like once CJ Garner Johnson got hurt and he stepped up, I was like, We yeah. we didn't we didn't skip a beat. Like that's crazy. Yeah, uh, eight tackles, I think it was. Um Total eight total tackles and when he played in the Saints, four at the Giants, five again at the Giants, and then six in San Francisco in the Super uh at the NFC Championship. He didn't play in the Super Bowl though. Shame. No, I well, I mean, because at that point, like yeah. you playing your guys, and also Jonathan Gannon really just fucked up the whole defensive. Scheme. I know, I know. Like 
like it's crazy to to think about that too, considering that he got they got hit with tampering because of that game. Yeah. Like I'm like not making excuses. We should have been in a better position, but like that is a crucial part of it. Yeah. He even recovered a fumble in that San Francisco game. I'm surprised. I thought he yeah, had no, so, Am I wrong? No, he didn't have an interception in that game. That was one of the, no, the no, main. Right. So in the San Francisco game, that was one of the main games where um they actually came back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where, where it keeps coming back because Debo Samuel they did like a, a, I think it was a wheel route or, or sweep or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and Reed Blankenship, you see him, he reads it the whole way and just sprints at Debo Samuel, who is very like he's well known and very mm-hmm. good for making people miss and getting yards um, after the catch and just all that kind of stuff. <laughs> he straight up made a really nice tackle, made Debo Samuel fumble and then recovered it all in the same play. Yep. So. I'm very, he does I'm, act. He does have one interception though. It was back in on the 27th of November against Green Bay. That's when he got the one interception and got four yards off it. I for, was that the game. I don't think that was the game that CJ guarded. Uh, no, because before that was Arizona and then Indianapolis, so it had to be Arizona. Okay. Because okay. then he came when he came on during Arizona. He got two tackles, uh, two total tackles. Uh, with two assists and a what the hell and one B, no that's later down the line he has a stuff yeah overall though his stats look pretty solid though so honest to god I'm hoping that he does well at this as a safety I think he will I think he's if he does well he gets my jersey he gets a jersey then I'll gladly rock a blanket ship one I would dude like that that would be that's a fire jersey especially Kelly Green yeah exactly um but coming back to the offense too and it's Another story in, in in camp, especially with the 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 Browns like um, practice with them, uh, the hurts to either Smitty or AJ Brown like connection. Apparently, that's in like mid season form, which is nuts. And every single video I've seen, like obviously it's training camp, yeah, preseason. You don't really want to take too much of it, but like you know these these joint practices kind of show you like glimpses even if it even if it's very consistent glimpses it still shows you glimpses of you know what the season's putting forward and the the connection is just the fact that we have both of these wide receivers for you know the foreseeable future i know smitty's coming up to the contract talks but i i think he's just like jalen hurts he'll he'll def, he'll get his but he'll make sure that he's good for the team too and it's it's how he rose man's a, a cap wizard but that, to have these three guys like can be you know be the core weapons in our offense is we <laughs> we struggled for years finding like that one guy and now we have two <laughs> so it it oh, I, this this whole season is making me excited uh my my family actually asked me they're like up oh, the you know uh eagles are, are uh, playing i think it's i think thursday they have the preseason game i forget the exact day and this kind of leads into what I was saying, but at this point, I don't care about preseason like Eagles wise anymore. I've seen what I wanted to see from, you know, the new guys, Jalen Carter, Penny, all them and stuff like that. Um, it's cool to see like, you know, the developmental guys, but at this point I'm just ready for the season. Like I, like, I don't, I don't even care anymore. It's more just now because of fantasy things, watching a lot of the other teams, seeing if I could find, you know, um, some, some diamonds in the rough for fantasy, but I just, I need, September to get here now so I can start, you know, watching meaningful football, especially in Philly. And hopefully, hopefully have the uh, the, the the Philly start, like, putting their playoff push uh, into motion, too. 
though. September is going to be a full month. Yeah. Uh, just to answer your question, though, it is you were right, though. It is Thursday against the Browns at 730. That makes sense. They're having joint practice. Is it at, it is at the Browns? Okay. Uh, no, it's here. It's here. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Intriguing. Um, would you ever go to a preseason game, Bill? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind it. Like, I say, don't think... say it was like 40, 50 bucks. Oh, absolutely, then. Yeah? Yeah, dirt cheap like that. Why not? How much? How much? Are I'll look it up. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, because I, I there's there's a lot of stuff, and this That's... is actually this is a funny. Oh, did you find it? No, no, yeah. Keep going. Okay. This is a something I did not expect at all. So, the Commanders fan base, you know, they they finally got rid of their their owner who was an absolute uh, pos. Um, finally, starting to see some development in a lot huh. of the young guys. Um, the Commanders fan base is actually, they have a hashtag reclaim the name petition going on, and it's getting close to 100,000 signatures for them to um, go back to the Redskins. Wow, that's actually a lot. That's a lot of people that I did not expect want them to go back to the Redskins. Like, yeah, Commanders isn't that great, but after the whole, like, you know, debacle of like the Redskins like I didn't expect the fans to be like yeah bring it back you know what I mean yeah I thought that was that was funny because that's that's starting to get there um do you you find the price I did it depends on how much you want to spend what's what's like the minimum because that's probably nosebleeds the minimum of the minimum is seventeen dollars and eighty five cents it's only seventeen dollars and that is section 217 which means you are in the top nosebleeds Row 13, which I think there is only 13 rows. <laughs> um, and we're not going to sit there. And you know why? Why? It's the family section. And you know what's a part of the family section? What? It says no alcohol permitted. <laughs> oh, what kind no, of families are those? Those aren't fun ones. Boring. However, hear me out. Hang on. For $88.90, we can get to... Section uh, 111, row okay. two, seats oh. 15 and 16. Okay. And you are quite literally at the front row. And how much is this? $88.90. And that is after taxes and fees. Oh. Huh. But that's on the, that's an end zone spot. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, that makes sense. That's something to consider. That might yeah. be a fun Thursday night. But... I know, I'm looking around. Hang on. Because I'm trying to find the tickets that aren't resale. Mm-hmm. Because they are significantly cheaper. Because if you do the resale ones, they're like a hundred. Actually, okay, I'm going to double check one other spot. To be honest, this is this is, this is like sixty to seventy dollars is probably my threshold for a preseason game. Right. And I you, just wanted to make sure. And you'd have to confirm that they're playing at least like one and a half quarters. All right, all right, all right. Last, last but not least, though, I'm 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 raising it up bar up for you a little bit. If it is it a box? No. Damn it. I'll look in the boxes in a second. Um, <laughs> row section 116. So it's kind of like where we sat before, but a little more into the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. Row 1, seats 7 and 8, huh. $71.40 each. And this is after tax? After, after tax. Ooh. Lastly, hang on. I just want to see. Yeah, too much money. Never mind. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> let me look at boxes. I don't usually know where the boxes are. I don't know if they're doing boxes. Sometimes they're weird. 
Out of the club seats. Uh, club seats, let's say 50-yard line. Uh, we'll look at these. Let's say 150. I mean, 138 in the front and literally in the center of it. Like, sec us on the 50-yard line, box C22, row one, seats 9 through 12, four tickets, $138.04 each. That's actually for, for like, box seats? Because normally they give you shit, too. They should, get, yeah. Yeah, if you get boxies, then I'm like, here you go. So like, sometimes actually... I don't know if it's actually a box though. When they say it's a box, it's the club, so they should have something, but I don't know. Sometimes yeah, they're a little weird. That's a good point because like you know, you, when you go to the Flyers game, like there's like the box seats, and then you have like you know the the club. It's like the Phillies Diamond Club that extends yeah. beyond. We're not going to talk about that anger that I have about that, but. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, speaking of Phillies, actually, today is the anniversary that Harper hit his uh, Grand Slam walk-off against the Cubs. Oh, that's a good one. I I was re-watching that video because it was obviously all over my feed. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, He hits an absolute moonshot, and I've never seen a man sprint across the bases. <laughs> as it looked so like, excited. It looked like he hit a double and ha- it was just hustling so he could make it home. Like, that's how... It it just crazy was. Um, well, we're we're gonna stick on the Phillies actually, but so the Phillies the past few games actually have not looked that good. They uh, I I, I chalked it up to um you know bad umpiring, but I I looked at some statistics. Although the umpiring was fucking terrible, like absolutely brutal. Um, I looked up some statistics and the Phillies the past two games. Excuse me. They were 0-14 with runners in scoring position, and they left 17 men on base. Like this is the, just the last two games. Yeah, that's that's horrendous. That that like that. It looks like looking at those stats. Like obviously watching the game, you could, you could just you could just tell that they're they're all locked in. Outside, it's baseball. You're gonna have a, a few bad games here and there. And just watching like the the past like twenty games, dude. After that, Trey Turner uh, uh, ovation, which I'll get to in a second too. Um, this team just looks like they're having so much fun, and it's like I think Schwarber uh, he fouled off uh, a pitch off his foot, and I think he he came out of the game. They're probably just cautious with him, and the, you know they walked. You normally when someone like comes out of the game is injured, you think that you know like. Maybe all pissed off and be sulking a little bit, and no, they were they were just in the dugout dicking around. Like J- JT, uh, I, I I couldn't see what like lip read what he said, but sure, just like chucked his gloves at him. So the vibes are are rolling with the Phillies. I wish they had another Dollar Dog Night. I really do. I am over Dollar Dog Night. I'm sorry. I don't think I'll ever go to one again unless somebody else buys the tickets and we're in the private room because that was a mess last this year. Well, yeah, but we also weren't in, you know. Yeah, we weren't in the room. I know that's my fault, but um well, not just the room. Like we were we were just, you know, it was just a traditional Phillies experience and then we had honestly those lines were absolutely brutal, but at the same time like those lines, you know, take yeah. out dollar dog night that they only what twenty percent less? So mm-hmm. you you need to kind of do the the diamond uh, job. Yeah, I know. I done goofed it. I, I admit it. I did. But I um, mean, we still had a fucking blast. We, we did. We fun. had a nice top, a nice spot. 
Um, yeah, so e- even with, like, you know, them not bringing in runners and stuff like that, hopefully they can, you know, right the ship against the Blue Jays. Uh, the last time we faced the Blue Jays is when JT got ejected. You remember that? Yeah. That, I forgot that, about that. That BS call where <laughs> John Boy even made a, a video out of it where the umpire threw him out because he thought that uh, JT moved the glove. Just some petty shit, so. Yeah. Um, but the Phillies, you know, hopefully they can write the ship and continue to look like as dominant and on fire as they were because they have mm-hmm. an 85% chance to make the playoffs right now. Um, I think out, I think them and the Cubs were the most improved playoff odds since June. And oh, also wow. and also since June 3rd, they have been uh, – it was 40 wins and 20 losses. Uh, I think – think yeah it's, it, i believe that's still the, the the correct amount um and the only team with a better record than them is the braves so the phillies since june 3rd have been are not arguably they have been like one of the best teams in the league and that's even without trey turner being you know where he's at now yeah um, and since since the ovation like the standing ovation which was Absolutely awesome. Like, all of Twitter before the ovation was like, yeah, we're going to give him a standing ovation and stuff like that. And to be honest, I was a little worried. I was hoping, you know, what we, I was hoping for what we got. But at the same yeah. time, I was a little worried because Philly can be uh, up, you know, just everywhere. Um, but since the ovation, he's uh, played in nine games, uh, 37 uh, play appearances, six runs, 16 hits. Uh <laughs> Uh, six doubles, two home runs, and 10 RBIs. He's hitting a 457 average in that time span, and his uh, OPS is um, 1.286, which is absolutely fucking outrageous. That is outrageous. Oh, my God. That is absolutely astonishing. Um, And then do we even want to talk about the Sixers? I know there was something going on with Harden potentially being traded to the Clippers, but that's really about it. No, so he wanted to go to the Clippers for an, uh, a long while, but Harden, I don't even know what he was doing. In, he was like in China at an event and stuff like that, ah. and he was speaking, and he said, I will never play or I will never be a part of Daryl Morley, Morey's uh, organization. He is a liar. And he goes, and I repeat, and says it again. Um, I gotcha. But what's crazy is that Joel Embiid, who this man is very socially in tune, and he knows what he's doing outside of maybe like that one press conference um he's removed the process and philly from his location on all the social media hmm. which is crazy pj tucker came out and said you know he's with his boy harden um so it's looking like a philly civil war and i'm not uh, yeah i'd be more into it but ever since the playoffs they i don't really care i have the eagles and, and phillies and even the the flyers are now at, at a better spot than where they're at yeah, no, I'm excited to see the Flyers play again. I'll probably go to a game or two. Usually when the Devils come around is my go-to time. Yeah, you and Mikey can never go to a, a Penguins game. Like no, Penguins we're game never again. allowed to go to a Penguins game ever again. I've already made that. Um, Abundantly clear. Short, yeah, I will never go back. And I'm going to keep it that way because hell no. What was your, not, what's the record you guys have? For the for the Penguins, yeah, I think we're zero and two or zero and three. That's impressive. Yeah, we're just we're we're just shit when it comes to the Penguins games. 
<laughs> every other game that I went to last year or the year before when I had the season tickets yeah. worth every single penny because they won every single time. Very just overall happy about that. Yeah, but um, and that's that's because uh, we I didn't I don't I don't really want to get more into the Sixers because you know I'm over there yeah. so let's let's roll into the uh, the UFC because I know we got yep. some good ones coming up. Yes, we do. So real quick before that, though, like before we get into UFC of next week, we're going to go through UFC of last week Ooh. and how angry I am. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. I genuinely am pissed off because I had an opportunity. I I had a belief that I was going to win um, some good some good money. There was I had I'm um, posted on Twitter. I had a bet that was Roundtree to win in the first round uh, by knockout, mm-hmm. uh, along with, uh, what is it, um, Cub Swanson to win by knockout or decision. And then lastly, I had Dos Anjos to win by either submission or um, uh, submission or decision at the end. And actually, wait, let me double check that. I think that may have been knockout or submission. I'm not sure. Um, But the thing is, that's what I gave everyone. But I realized something when I was doing some research for. um, While I was researching the fight for Roundtree and Dawkus. So I was just sitting there and I looked at it and I realized I was like, wait a minute. Um. Dawkus has been knocked out in the first round in less than a minute in the past two fights. So I was like, okay, I'm all about this. So I made a separate bet that was a parlay inside of a parlay. And I was right. It is knockout and submission for Dos Anjos. But, um, and I changed it to have Roundtree win in under half a round. So that means at two and a half minutes, the bet's over. So I'm everything's all, you know, hunky dory for a little bit. I'm like, okay, everything's cool. I'm ready to go. Um, And I start watching the fight. Meanwhile, while I'm watching this fight, I'm on a long walk and like coming back from like a long walk on the beach. Don't have any access because ESPN shuts down. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally standing on the street and I noticed a guy in uh, watching it on his TV outside. So I'm just standing there in the middle of the middle of the road watching the fight from a distance on a TV that's probably maybe 14 inches, I don't know, or like big as your like normal computer screen and I'm just like, "All right, we'll see what we can do." And I tried to just keep an eye on the time the whole time. Mm-hmm. And by around like I think it felt like 2 minutes, I was like, "All right, I give up. This isn't going to work. It is what it is. I'll just move on." And I was just like, okay, I checked the time later and turns out he did win by a knockout in the first round. He did. At two minutes and 40 seconds. (laughs) By 10 seconds. I was losing my goddamn shit. (laughs) Um, Uh. And to the point where I was just like, why? Why, God, why? Like, what is, like, why are you doing this to me? And 
that was when the bet was over for me. But for the at least for the podcast, I was like, all right, at least we got this going. Cub Swanson won in a very controversial decision. I didn't believe he won either, but hey, I'll take the win. And mm-hmm. then the last fight, Dalsanos did lose uh, via decision, and I at least hedged my bet and took a Cub Swanson and uh, Luke bet just on the side when I was out at the casino that mm-hmm. week. Now, here's the thing with that, too, and this is a great story as well. Fun fact about the Tropicana in Atlantic City. Costs $35 to park there right now over the summer. Don't yeah, know what's up with that. It's obnoxious. In this it economy? Is. Yeah, no. No, thank you. So the ticket only pays out $60. It is actually not worth me going to drive down back to the shore to go cash out the ticket there. It's actually more feasible for me to go get a letter, get stamps, and cash it out that way and send it to Vegas. I know I know for a fact you actually ran the numbers and figured this out, too. I did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I remember so vividly. <laughs> I was at a festival this weekend, and I also joined him with Billy. I, I was like, you know what? He's he's adamant about this. I'm with him. I'm with him, too. And I had no service, like, majority oh, yeah. uh, of the day. So, like, I was just like, you know what? Screw it. We'll roll with it. Whatever. Um, and I just remember I somehow got the text. I looked down, and it's just in all caps, we lost by 10 seconds. I was pissed. <laughs> I started crying in the middle of the concert laughing. Because <laughs> then I'm just... like, wait a minute. It's saying he won at 240 on the time. Yep. Because it's showing it on the website right now, too. It's saying, oh, he won at 240. Yeah. No, he won. He knocked him out at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. 2 minutes and 40 had elapsed by then. So yep. that pissed me off like hell. Yep, because technically it, it doesn't matter until he, uh, you know. Yep, until the ref I, stops the fight. Yep. So that happened. Was not happy. But either way, so that was last weekend's fight card, Luque versus Del Sanos. Now the big one this weekend. This one is uh, huge. This is UFC's 292, Sean O'Malley versus the champion, Aljamain Sterling. This is going to be at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on August 19th at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. I did look at tickets for this, too. Way too much money, but I had to give it a shot. Fair enough. Um, There's a lot of good fights on this card. Uh, Unfortunately, there was one canceled bout for Cody Garbrandt. He got uh, removed for whatever reasons, and that is a shame. I actually do want to bring up um, there is one uh, fight on the early prelims. Andre Protowski uh, versus Ger- uh, Gerald, uh, Gerald Mearshot. Fun fact about Andre, he's actually training right now, was, because he's probably on his way up to Austin soon. He was training in New Jersey for this fight. I uh, have a friend of mine that works uh, or trains at a mixed martial arts gym. I think it's in Audubon. Mm-hmm. And he was training out there. Huh. So it was pretty cool to see that happening. Um, so does he have the inside scoop for us? For, for I don't. I don't so. think so. I'm not going to ask him about that. But that's te- yep. It is Audubon Team Tano Martial Arts and Fitness. It's on the Black Horse Pike in Audubon. Andre Petrowski was fight uh, training there before this fight. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to 
really make a choice on this one just because they're both really just like really old veterans. So I'm curious how it would be, but I'm just going to let this one pass. Otherwise we finally get back in the prelims. We have the middleweight bout Gregory, AKA RoboCop Rodriguez versus De- Dennis Tillin. I'm not even going to try to go through yeah, that. that. That's, that's a lot of I use and L's. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It is spelled T I U L I U L I N. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, no, thank you. It's just Dennis. It is Dennis. It's not even Dennis. It's D E N I S Denise. <laughs> Denise. Could be Denise. Denise. Anyway, I'm going for RoboCop on this one. The man is still a walking, living legend of just unstoppable power. They're both coming off losses, though, so they're both going to be fighting for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say Gregory Rodriguez by a knockout in this case. He is very heavily favored though at minus 335. So you may want to try to take a knockout in a certain round. Maybe the first or second. I could believe either one of those. I don't think it's going to go to decision. To give some more context, um, Gregory, he has a 62% uh, chance to win by KO, TKO. Um, and I think submission is 23% and decision is 15 So KO, TKO is probably going to not be too great of odds, but good enough. Yeah. Um, but Denise is 90% for KO, TKO. It, it's going to be a knockout. But the, Gregory does have – did, I got to say did – have a really strong chin. The only issue is now – can he still have it? Because his last fight, unfortunately, got knocked out hard. Ooh. So we'll see how that goes. But for the case of Dennis, too, I think he was knocked out as well in his last loss. I'm trying to find out, but, you know, UFC's website pisses me off. Yeah. Um, oh, no, he got submitted by the turtle. That's right. Hmm. I remember that because I've been keeping an eye on Ju Young Park. I'm waiting for him to fight again in the uh, higher ranks. We'll see when that happens, though. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from that, another big return, actually, in the middleweight division is Chris Weidman coming back after a very long hiatus of getting his legs snapped when he was fighting Uriah Hall. Great time. That was back in April of 2021. Uh, Chris Weidman at the time was on more of a downward slope of his career, um, losing to Souza and then Reyes and then... Came back against Akhmedov in the middleweight division, but unfortunately he threw one leg kick to Uriah Hall, and his leg was so strong that it literally snapped his leg in half. Oof. Um, yeah, that one's a shame to say the least. But um, he is now coming back. He is currently fifteen and six, six wins by knockout, four by sub, six first round finishes. He will be facing Brad Tavers, who recently just lost his um ranking in the middleweight division and he is currently 19 and nine and it should be a good one overall but these are pro- this one's probably going to go to decision if i would believe so myself uh, brad really doesn't doesn't have that ko ability mm-hmm. um whereas chris has been like all around not like big into that like 40 percent knockout 30 percent decision 20 percent sub i'm expecting this one just to be kind of like a slow roller yeah but cool to it see. It looks like it. See the least. But um, last but not least, too, um, we're going to get into the main card. And this actually changed up a lot. So this is going to be pretty good. Um, and with the Bantamweight bout, we got, uh, what is it? Uh, Pedro Munoz, ranked 10 versus Cheeto, Marlon Vera. That's going to be a good fight overall. Pedro 
uh, is going to be facing some good competition against uh, Cheeto Vera. The only thing is Cheeto's last fight did not look great. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that negatively, but he fought Corey Sanhagen and just got absolutely wiped. The thing with um, Cheeto is he needs to pick up the pace right away. He's too much of a slow roller sometimes to where it actually can be very detrimental to his like his match. So I would honestly say it could go by knockout. Um, they both have knocked out before or knocked people out before. Cheeto is very good at it and also very good at subs. Pedro is more in the sub, so this may actually not be a ground game thing. This may be more of a they know their levels when it comes to takedowns and they may just strike. And if that's the case, I think Cheeto does take it. We just need to see it happen. Yeah. So I would take Cheeto by knockout or decision. Do those double bets. I think those are really their best way to work and go from there. The double bets really do give you good odds. They do. They help out a lot. Uh, Bantamweight, I actually don't know these two as well. Um, I know why these people are up here now. Uh, Damon Blackshear and Mario Batista, I think were originally on the prelims, but got moved up because of the Cody Garbrandt fight that got canceled. So that's a shame for them, but or shame for Cody, but good for Damon Blackshear and Mario Batista, because that means then they have a chance in the limelight of one of the biggest cards this year. And the reason I don't know why I can't click it, but Damon yeah, is currently either. 14, five and one, two wins by knockout, nine wins by sub. Um, take does a couple takedowns, a lot of head strikes. He is currently on. It looks like a. Two, maybe three fight win streak. I can't tell with this one here, but that was back in 2023. This man has fought. Wow, he actually fought a lot in this year alone. March of 2023, June of 2023, and August of 2023. And he is currently on a streak of just wins. I don't know what happened to this one, though. So I don't think this one actually had anything. So he may be on just a two fight win streak. Yep, there's a no contest. I'm assuming it's that. Hmm. Anyway, um, that's right. He, this guy is nuts. He just fought last week. That's right. He's Did he fighting, Yes. No, no, hear me out. Damon Blackshear actually fought last week and won via a submission called a twister. A twister has only been done two other times. And one of them is held by uh, Bryce Mitchell and the other one is held by a previous fighter. I don't know his name off the top of my head. He's um, That is incredible, though, that he got it. So this guy's going to probably take it to the ground again, too. So this was um, him just turning around, making his money. So Mario Batista, now going to him, is 12-2, and two, three wins by knockout, six by sub, five first-round finishes, good amount of takedowns, good striking. He is currently on a two-fight win streak. Bo, um, sorry, three-fight win streak. Four, four-fight win streak. Three of those being in sub. So here's what I am going to just say about that. Now, if they are both technical fighters and they both like to go to the ground, this is going to be a standing match. Now, does Damon have the striking to beat Mario? I have no idea. Does Mario have the striking to beat Damon? I'm not sure, but one of them is going to knock him out. Now, the thing is. Mario had more time for a camp to rest and everything. 
Damon is coming on a week's notice to fight somebody he really hasn't trained for. And he's going to be not as tired, but he's not going to be able to get his body back to 100% physical just to go back to fight again. However, his odds are plus 240 right now, so that's looking pretty solid. So I may take Damon Blackshear's money line just to cover all options, whether it's win uh, by knockout, sub, or decision. All right, and it's- the next crazy one coming up the before the co-main and the main. The welterweight division, this was another uh, quick change. Uh, Ian Machado Gary will now be facing Neil Magny instead of originally supposed to be facing um shit what was his name who was supposed to fight crap uh he should be fighting i have no idea his fears that's oh yes the irishman's facing fears he <laughs> is fighting god damn it news work with me here uh jeff neal that's right so this is a week's notice for um Jeff, so that's going to earn, sorry, for Neil. So that may be a little tough. Uh, so just to go through the matchups real quick, Ian is currently 12-0, and 0, currently on just an absolute tear of immaculate striking, showing the pride of Ireland that he's the second coming. Not like McGregor, he's more classy. He's a little, he's very cocky, just like McGregor, but he's not, you know, always up in your face as much. No. Um, Neil Magny's currently 28-11, and... Both are coming off wins right now. Both uh, Neil is a god is a true gatekeeper of the welterweight division and always an incredible fighter to watch. So this is going to be very good. The thing with Ian though is we finally saw him not crack, but we saw him like actually get stunned from a shot. So he's not immortal. So we're going to see how this striking goes. Um, Neil is usually playing in the long run where Ian will probably go for a knockout, um, but overall. Um, the knockdown average for Ian compared to Neil is by a lot. Uh, knockdown average per 15 minutes for Ian is 1.15. So that means he's averaging a knockdown at least once a fight. That's pretty good because that usually can be the end. Um, Neil is currently at plus 350. Honestly, I would take Ian via knockout. And if you can parlay it to add one knockdown to it, I would just to sweeten the odds a little more. I don't know if I would put rounds, but I would do Neil by knockout or decision and then add that plus one or one or more. I think it's one knockout or knockdown just to make the bet a little bit sweeter. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the co-main. We got the women's strawweight title bout Zhang Welly versus Amanda Lemos. Um, this is going to be actually pretty good. Um, Zhang is actually a hell of a champion. Very strong, very durable. She like she's actually like fun to watch too. Um, she's currently twenty three and three, uh, coming off her last win. Uh, Amanda Lemos is thirteen and two, no one, no contest with a win as well. Amanda is also incredibly strong, and her uh, the other team has also uh, Zhang's team has understood that that may be a thing. They both will swing for the fences. They both go for knockouts 48% of the time for Zhang, 62% for Amanda Lemos. So that's going to be a very close match. I'm very excited to watch what happens. Maybe this women's strawweight title belt has been flying around. It's not been able to be held down by one person for a long time. 
Yes, Zhang has held the belt multiple times already, but she's been beaten before, and then it could happen again. So in this case, let's see what the odds were. No money. No odds. All right, no odds at the moment. Honestly, whoever's the underdog in this one, I would take. If it's Lemos, it's not a bad bet. I'm about to say, I'm because I'm pretty sure they would give Lemos the underdog, considering Zhang's like you know the champ. But it doesn't happen. Not not not. I'm going to tell you that now because I'm looking on DraftKings just to make sure because mm-hmm. that statement, surprisingly, I was wrong. Okay, never mind. I was going to say sometimes with the sometimes the champ may be the underdog in certain situations. That's true, um, but th- th- this is Zhang. Like, yeah, Zhang is very good at what she does. Um, I'm trying to just look on DraftKings to see if it comes up and then uh, go from yeah, there. It's confusing that they don't have the, the odds for this. One. It's only on the website, though. So if you go on to DraftKings, mm-hmm. Zhang Welly is minus 305. Amanda Lemos is plus 245. She's plus 245? Yeah, I would take Lemos any day. Uh, yeah, that I feel like that's severely underrating her right now. It is. Like, so yeah, if, you did a, dog, if you did Amanda by knockout, it's plus 500 odds. I would take that. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely. I'm gonna take that. I know you are. Um, that's that's my Bills bad bet of the day. I know. I have a poll card or parlay. I'm gonna set up in a couple minutes. Oh, and then sorry. lastly, we have the bantamweight title bout: Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. Aljamain is the current champ. He's 23 and three, coming off a win against Henry Cejudo. The man is good what i know the ufc probably doesn't want him as a champion because they'd rather have sean o'malley because of his great charisma but you can't doubt this man's skill he has been he is a hell of a grappler he can strike he can do everything he is built for this honest to god if he gets if sean gets grabbed one bit i think aljermaine takes him over and just finishes him off there um Aljamain, again, I can't stop singing the praises. He was given a lot of shit when he lost or won the belt originally from, uh, what's his, fuck, I can't remember his name because I'm blanking now. Lost the belt from Peter Yan, and that was because of, you know, him getting need illegally. But then he fought him again, won via split decision, then knocked out Dillashaw, then won again against Cejudo. It's not he's held the belt for three three defenses. That's fantastic. He is top level competition. Yeah. Now, the person he's fighting though, Sean O'Malley, also fucking scary as shit. He is 16 and 1 with one no contest. He is has 11 wins by knockout, nine first round finishes. He is currently on a I guess technically a 1 2 3 skip four fight win streak. Yeah, I would say four fight win streak. And overall is probably the most fantastic striker that you can see. He has incredible length, incredible reach. He uses his, like he thinks properly as he fights. He has one of the greatest fight IQs. I wouldn't say the greatest because I give that to Volkanovski, but overall is a fantastic striker. He's going to need real good takedown defense for this fight. Honestly, I would either take Sean for knockout or Aljamain for submission and leave it at that. I wouldn't go crazy. I don't think it's going to go to distance. I think one or the other is going to knock each other out. I was thinking the same because Sean O'Malley's also got plus 350 odds for, for KO. So, like, yeah. 
I feel like that's where you go. You don't go money line or anything. Just, just go KO. That one's straight KO. Yeah. Um. So just making my thing. Unfortunately, I can't do a full one because, you know, the get it's not DraftKings doesn't have everything set up yet besides the championship fights. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do. I'll make an updated one later. But I'm gonna have Gregory Rodriguez, Ian Gary. I'm gonna take Lemos. And then I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Sterling as well. I actually believe Sterling can win it. And if Sterling wins, he act- wins or loses, he actually plans on going up to featherweight after this. I know that's weird. It goes flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, where he may or may not face Alexander Volkanovsky. That would be a hell of a fight too. But we'll see how that goes. That would be so. I also have a parlay too, Bill. Go for it. It's a pretty simple one. It's Lamos money line, and then yep. O'Malley uh, by by KO TKO. It, mm-hmm. But it's it's uh, KO TKO and then decision. Or do you I think? Gotcha. Do you think? Hear me out. Hmm. Curious. Now we're just gonna stick with uh, KO uh, TKO. Okay. Um, for for ten dollars, right? If you just yep. a ten dollar bet, that's a hundred forty eight uh, payout. So that's not bad. Not bad at all. I think that's huh. I think that's a good one. Yeah, no, I agree with it. But yeah, I'm excited. That's yeah, no, I'm very excited. I'll probably have people over um this weekend to watch it again. We'll put it on Craigslist. No, I don't plan on putting it on Craigslist. <laughs> um and then yeah, no, we're very excited for that. Um uh, okay. There was a big thing that happened, too, in the NFL world that I completely forgot to, to bring up, too. Um, Bill, you ever watch the movie The Blind Side? Um, yes, I've heard about this. The guy said it was all a lie. Yep, so quick synopsis, because um, we are kind of running close on time, too. Um, Michael Orr, who he's, he's a former uh, – I forget if it's former or if he's still in the league. I know he's, he's relatively in his career. Um, but Michael Orr, uh, he was assumed he was adopted um, by this 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 pretty much um, well off family. Um, there's a whole movie about it. Sandra Bullock plays it. She's a dime. Um, but the the whole thing is that like they pretty much brought him in. Um, he was he showed prowess obviously in high school. He went to to Old Miss, who was you know their uh, their school and stuff like that, um, and. Pretty much, it was this all nice lovey-dovey story. How like you know they they helped this young kid out, and now he's in the NFL and he's playing. Um, well, Michael Orr, the offensive tackle, um, he actually filed a petition Monday, and he requested because um, he he requested to to do this to close this specific thing, which I'll explain in a second. Um, he, most people think that he got adopted and he at first thought he got adoption papers. Well, instead they gave him a, a conservatorship, right? Yeah. I think that's how you spell it, say it correctly. Um, regardless, what this is, is a uh, conservatorship is removes the decision-making powers and duties oh. from a person with a disability who lacks the capacity to make decisions in one or more important areas. And you do oh this in, in, in Tennessee, after you're 18, you can do this. He thought he was getting adopted. They made him sign this. So he's, um, he uh, filed a petition. He alleged that 
he found out earlier this year he was actually under uh, conservatorship and not adopted. So this is completely brand new. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like That is insane. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Internet's going to do his thing, and they've, yeah. just, they've just constantly been, like, throwing out memes and everything. There's actually a whole bunch of people that are that want Sandra Bullock to give back the Emmy. Not, that she won. It's like, bro, she didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know. That's not her fault. Yeah. Like, yeah, just when you watch the movie, now you know. And in the movie, they do actually do a decent job towards the end of, like, alluding to them, kind of getting, like, you know. It, it's it's never, like, confirmed. It's, yeah. it's not heavily implied, but it's, like, there. It's like, oh, this this might be it. Yeah. Um, But it's just crazy to hear that. Yeah, it is. Um, just to give you a quick update on the Union game, because I found the uh, the channel. It's 31 minutes in, and Miami's up to nothing. Oh, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Was, did Messi score at all? I don't know yet. I didn't yet. Uh, I'm going to look now. Um, yeah, Wait, and... Uh, nope, never mind. Quarter kick. All right. Um, and to give you an update, too, Phillies are playing Toronto. They're 0-0, but... Uh, hey, listen, everyone out there, all the eight <laughs> listeners I know that are out there, hopefully more, hopefully a lot more, um, all we ask, it's a very simple thing that we ask, is that you follow us on at AB Sports Media, on Twitter, now X, um, and reach out to us via email um, at our email, Media at gmail.com. Because, you know, we love you guys. We, we want to interact with you. Um, we actually have a few questions. Um, but since we are kind of running out of time now, those questions will be answered. I know that there's some people that emailed us that are like, you know, what, what's happening. But trust me, we're going to get to them. Just especially now. Nowadays, a lot of things are happening, um, especially, you know, playoffs coming towards or not playoffs. Um, baseball getting towards the end of its season. Um, yeah. You know, NFL starting to come back in. UFC is having some really fun cards, and then, there are, uh, you know, yeah, this the end of the year is going to get wild with UFC cards. Yeah, so I promise we'll get to your questions, and please send us more questions like that. That's actually really fun to read and, and you know, oh, damn it. about and stuff like that. What was that? Almost a goal. Almost a goal was a corner kick. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be swell, fantastic. Um, and please also too. Um, you know, tell your friends about this podcast. Um, we have a, a blast, you know, making it and I think it'd be fun to grow, you know, the community. So please tell your friends, follow us on Twitter, email us. Um, but at the end of the day, my name is just AJ. And I'm Bill. And thank you again for listening to our podcast, you know, the good old podcast of A and B Sports Media. Um yeah, so enjoy. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. To you. Gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER and seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 533-42 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.